Welcome to the Coaching Culture Podcast. My name is Joe Wright, and today I'm speaking with the brilliant Emma Legit from Canos. Welcome, Emma. Hello. It's great to have you on our Coffee with a Coach podcast today. And I know you're going to share a little bit more about yourself, but today we've got a talent development and learning principle. So that feels like an important title. Tell us more about yourself. Um, brilliant. Thanks, Jo. Um, so I look after talent development and learning um, at Kanos. And I guess what that really means is, you know, looking at the strategic direction for all talent development and learning, um, creating a new leadership competency framework more recently, um, as well as looking at all sort of career and learning pathways and, you know, how do we um, create more mobility within Kanos? So developing in role as well as sort of developing towards new roles um, and mobility across the organisation. Coaching obviously plays, you know, a real huge part um, of supporting that. And it's definitely something that I have um, a clear passion for, um, both, you know, the the, the coaching um, talent and learning perspective. Um, You know, I've got a, a fairly... Um, long background I guess in terms of sort of learning and development um, mainly in financial services but more recently the last couple of years in the technology sector Um, but really the the focus has been um, for me more recently just you know creating a more professionalized approach you know as a company we are growing Um, so you know we're we're aiming in the next five years to sort of reach 4,000 people. We're currently at about 2,500. Mm-hmm. When I joined, it was probably about 1,500. So, wow. you know, it, it, it's about enabling our people to grow and develop in the most authentic way. Um, you know, coaching our people, whether it's going to be coaching our next leadership um, cadre in terms of supporting that growth, but also then sort of the more junior roles as well to be able to become people managers and be able to support more of the, the entry level. So lots going on, really exciting stuff. And do you want to tell us a little bit more about Kanos then? So for people yeah, who brilliant. don't know Kanos. So Kanos is a technology consultancy organisation. So um, we across um, the health sector, public sector and sort of the private and commercial sector. So we've got um, clients such as Netflix, um, with NHS, um, you know, we've um, sort of done projects. It's really about, I guess, digital transformation projects mainly. Yeah. Um, but we're also a um, Workday partner. So we've also got a Workday um, BU within Kanos as well which is if you don't know what Workday is it's similar to Oracle SAP. Yeah there's a lot of people organizations I hear of using Workday now. Um, So digital transformation so definitely feels like a fabulous time to be at Kanos then because uh, digital transformation is what you hear a lot of organizations desperately looking for these days for sure and you know the last year has definitely helped that along the way we were on the we were, people were moving forward before that but definitely the last year is you know I'm sure has moved that hugely forward for you and that is a question I've got actually how has the last year been for you personally personally I think I worked from home a lot prior to COVID anyway yeah um 
between travel so I tend to travel around the various different locations sort of delivering workshops um, doing some one-to-one coaching sessions um, so a lot hasn't massively changed I definitely miss though the interaction with people and I think anyone within our organization that are people people will definitely have missed that but there's been some real positives from the last year as well which is for me is about better collaboration so I was the first hire within sort of the OD and L team outside of Belfast, um, which is the main hub for Kanos. So sometimes you may not not be part of conversations that happen, you know, in the lunchroom or in the corridor when you pass in. But actually, now that we're all sort of remote and it's you're easily able to engage with others and and bring people in, it has meant that we're able to collaborate more, regardless of the region that you're from, sort of the business unit that you're from, and actually i think you know we've 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 created a a better communication i guess across the board which has really provided us a more inclusive approach because we're not having some of those siloed conversations or reacting to things we're having to think about you know planning it in and, and who needs to be involved Brilliant. So, that yeah, there's definitely been a lot of positives from this year. While we've ever, you know, it's been a really tough year, I think there's been a lot of positives that we need to keep hold of for the future, for sure. And in terms of coaching, talk to me about coaching. What's inspired you to, to become a coach? And obviously, I know you do a lot of internal coaching. You know, what are the things that have driven that for you? Um, I guess working in a variety of different roles and, and management roles um, within the financial services sector before I sort of got into sort of learning and development, I had a clear passion for, for really developing people. Yeah. Um, so, um, and that was something that I was always really sort of, you know, strong in terms of building, you know, effective teams. Yeah. So for me, it was around, you know, harnessing that passion and harnessing, you know, those strengths. Yeah. And I found coaching to be a really great effective way, yeah. you know, to support someone um, on their own self-led journey, I guess, in terms of, you know, facilitating those coaching questions, not providing them all of the answers, but, you know, asking those right questions questions you know supporting them to have those real you know aha moments so they get there themselves and it's so much more authentic in terms of watching them grow and, and develop to their full potential. I often um, hear people saying that who've, who've kind of ventured into coaching about actually how wonderful it is to see people you know the light bulbs to go off the aha moments I had a conversation recently with um with somebody who talks about, you know, it's wonderful. It, it, she compared it to being like Dynamo, uh, the magician where you kind of leave, some, when, it, when he just like leaves people with something and then walks away and they're like, oh, sometimes those, those are the aha moments, aren't they? Where somebody's just suddenly gone, I've never thought about it like that before. Wow, what a difference that kind of thought has made. So yeah, love that. Now you talked about asking the right questions. I'm really interested to know what you mean by right, the right questions. I guess I tend to see a lot of people who deep down I think they know the answer yeah but they're you know consciously not not thinking about it in that way so for me 
Um, I really enjoy, as I said, not providing the answers because yeah. I think there's something about, you know, supporting somebody to, to make their own way there, yeah. you know, in a route that makes sense for them. So it's about asking questions to get them to think about things differently. So, you know, lo- lots of open questions, clarifying questions um, from my perspective, yeah. getting them to, to think about, you know, what's stopping them yeah. from achieving, you know, whatever goal it is that they're working towards and think about you know what ways that they can do and I always find that you know they'll we come out at the end of sort of you know a, a short coaching I guess relationship yeah and they're like thank you you've really helped me and I'm thinking well ah, do you know what I didn't do it you did it all I did was facilitate the conversation and ask the right questions. And for me, that's what coaching's about, you know, and really clarifies the difference between coaching and mentoring or coaching and managing someone. So it's less about providing that direction. You know, it's more about supporting them to achieve, you know, what they're capable of, you know, what they've got capacity of and what their aspirations are. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. We're very similar in that respect of you know when people go oh thank you so much and you're like well you've you've done this you've made the change all all these conversations or series of conversations have done is facilitate that process you know you've dug around in your own thoughts and mind to to come up with the answers and 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 that's that's brilliant though isn't it because that's when you see people really change and 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 make a difference and move towards achieving their goals which is which is super and in terms of coaching you know We've seen it massively, even more so this year, the past year. But, you know, even before that, coaching's been, you know, bubbling along for a long time. But why do you think there's such a rise in coaching right now? I think for me, you know, there's definitely been a, a huge change in the in the last year. And I think even before COVID, the mindsets of people have definitely been changing. But, you know, coaching is being utilised, for example, to support well-being, um, so, you know, which is definitely, you know, a hot topic even before COVID, but especially in the last 12 months. You know, it's given people the opportunity to talk, you know, to think about, you know, what's comfortable for them. Maybe, you know, during a time where change has really impacted their lives. So using COVID as an example, yeah. you know, we've all suddenly maybe had to work from home or our lifestyle suddenly changed and, and, and there's been a real impact to that I also think that I guess organizations and even as individuals we're a lot more aware now of other you know more sustainable ways to grow so we talk a lot about 70 20 10 you know and we look at it in terms of you know experience exposure and education Mm -hmm. and I guess that exposure piece you know which can coaching is a huge part of that and bringing that that 70 20 10 mythology to life I think organizations are getting much better at because it's not a new model but actually, you know, we're, we're lurching less towards that education, which is the easy piece. And we're starting to think more about the on the job learning, the experience, which we all do, but we don't necessarily consider and trying to, to use the exposure, use coaching, you know, to support people, to support business growth rather than just those sort of formal educational or learning routes. Yeah. 
And the thing about coaching, it, you know, it taps into people's thoughts, it taps into their mindset, and it helps change behaviours as opposed to piling on the knowledge or, um, you know, developing skills. I often say to people, that's the relatively easy bit. That actually, you know, where the real magic happens is when you're getting people to, you know, think through their thoughts that are clearly driving their behaviours every day. So yeah, absolutely. I love the the fact you talk about it being a sustainable way to grow. It just so is, and oh, it to me, you know, it's just so fabulous as well when you feel it and see it in other people and ourselves. But it is that sustainable way to to growth as opposed to you know a quick a quick intervention so I, th- I think it's brilliant that you know the things that you talk about and the things that you're doing and in terms of you know knowing your attitude towards coaching is one thing but how is it at Kanos what's the attitude at Kanos like towards coaching yeah no brilliant question there's a huge interest I guess for our organization in yeah. really sort of understanding how coaching can help make a difference yeah um, one of our offerings that we offer, our virtual offerings, is actually a coaching course, which is coaching to help make a difference. Yeah. That's really there to support people managers. Um, you know, not so long ago, we changed some of our people management structures. So where a lot of people would have been managed by, say, project managers, and that changes depending on the project, we wanted to create a more, you know, can consistent structure so we've got a lot we've had a lot of new people managers also as well due to growth and as a result they're having to sort of learn new skills and and demonstrate coaching to be able to support both themselves as as well as their team so there's a, a huge keen interest and being able to facilitate I guess not just those formal coaching relationships but you know those on-demand and in-the-moment coaching so you know as a people manager not just you know giving direction and giving the answers to our teams but actually being able to facilitate you know coaching conversations in the moment and also as well within projects so it's not just our people managers but actually towards our peers you know within our project groups and you know sort of embedding that mentality and getting them to recognize because I think it's not that we're not doing it everywhere but we don't always recognize that these are actually you know informal in the moment coaching conversations and actually it's it's embedding that and sort of a living and breathing that culture oh that's super I love that with projects I mean you know coaching it's a life skill isn't it it's about asking questions to get people to think differently and 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 having that growth mindset to to know you know I've got this firm belief that everybody can be more you know not just do more it's not do more it's be more be more than who they are currently or who they think they are and and those questions whether it's on a project team whether it's in a line management relationship whether it's just a mate whether it's a family member whoever it is just asking some of those questions that don't even have to be overly deep but they just are those questions to get people to think is I think is one of the you know wonderful things and I I don't know about you Emma but I'm certainly seeing more and more organizations waking up to the power of this and actually you know I frequently say it is the silver bullet because you know I firmly believe it is that actually done well done with the, the right intent done you know making it part of the culture and not to be overcoached because there's nothing worse than that um 
you know, actually it's about making it a natural conversation that moves things forward in, in, in the right direction and um, with for all the positive reasons. So that's wonderful. I know you're doing, you know, you're hugely passionate at Kanos about coaching and and the difference it can make. And, and you know, obviously moving from the size of organisations since you joined to where you are now to where you're going to go to, having that coaching ingrained throughout will only help the growth of the business and linked with digital transformation as well. Feels like it's a, a fabulous future for Kanos and the employees, which I think, you know, I'm sure you're a huge part of that, making that difference, which feels lovely. No, it's brilliant. Oh, but there's barriers. There's always barriers isn't there, to coaching and, you know, there's some cynical people out there, you know, what do they think about it? What do you consider the biggest barriers to to coaching, either from a cultural perspective or with individuals? I guess one of the biggest barriers, I think, for coaching, regardless of the organisation, is people's reaction to coaching. So we often come across sort of, you know, people being really in that fixed mindset. So and when you come with sort of open, you know, coaching style questions, they they really struggle because they're not in that that growth mindset, you know, at that moment in time. And you you and you from from experience, you get people who don't believe in coaching, or they probably don't necessarily understand it and, and what it's there to do, or they're seeking specific answers. So it's like the coaching relationship is them asking you questions as the coach, and you telling them what they should be doing. Yeah. So it's really about you know, accepting that hesitancy, I guess, you know, accepting that fixed mindset, but, you know, from experience, tailoring the conversation, normally it tends to come from a lack of experience or a lack of understanding. So tackling that as part of the coaching conversation, normally in the first session, because yeah. coaching, you know, particularly in more formal coaching relationships, isn't just, a, you know, let's sit down for an hour and you're going to have all the answers by the end of it. You know, normally there's a number of, you know, conversations that will happen over a period of time depending on how big you know their their goal is but you know building on that confidence first or their understanding and I guess setting that sort of coaching contract and expectations as well can really support opening up that that fixed mindset and you know overcoming some of those barriers but that's probably the most common one that I think I've come across more than anything. And how satisfying is it when you do open up that fixed mindset? It's great. Again, it's that light bulb moment. I think particularly as you work maybe through, you know, your first couple of sessions and actually they start to implement some of the actions and they start to see, you know, their own growth and their own potential and they're achieving, you know, some of the objectives that we set out. That's normally where you definitely get more buy-in from the individual and they start, I guess it's a value-added conversation. And I think when you can evidence that value-add, that's where you know we create a, m- a much more positive experience and th- the coaching sessions then become a lot easier to navigate. I think that's an interesting point, that val- the evidence towards the value add. Um, it's really interesting. When, when we first started here at Coaching Culture, kind of four years ago now, we were asked all the time to really prove the ROI of coaching. And it's a question that seems to have bubbled down we still get the odd question here and there, but actually I think more and more people now are really becoming aware that actually they've heard so much now about the benefits and the positives and the difference it can make 
And actually now it's not becoming a, a nice to have, it's becoming a must have kind of way of communicating in an organization. That question um, is, has reduced a lot, but I think you're right from an individual perspective and from a team perspective, it's fabulous when people start to feel the evidence within themselves and in their own results and the, the, the performance, which does prove that value. But sometimes, you know, it's quite hard to articulate, you know, put a specific measure on it, but but it's there. Definitely. Yeah, it's interesting. We tend to not focus on ROI. Um, We tend to look at ROE, so return on engagement. Oh, um, Because we tend to find that that is a much better measure. Um, You know, some learning, for example, you know, sales related coaching or learning, you can easily, you know, map that back in terms of return on investment. But actually, what's more important to us at Kanos is that return on engagement. So we're looking at at our, our, you know, best company survey scores in terms of engagement. We're looking at you know feedback not just from the individual in terms of like happy sheets at the end of coaching or learning but actually it's you know three six twelve months down the line you know what difference or behavior change has been you know implemented as a result of that coaching or, or that learning intervention and actually then we can start to see you know more more engagement with it how happier are people in terms of their talent their career and their personal growth and that is a much better way to measure how effective we are as coaches, you know, as learning and development teams in terms of are we adding value? I love that. And we all know the metrics are there to prove that more engaged people drive better performance, which then could have a financial metric attached to that somewhere. Yep. So yeah, I love that ROE. And in terms of the engagement into coaching then how do you find getting people engaged in coaching so we've talked a lot about you know when people experience it when you have either the in the moment conversations or you have a series of conversations and they start particularly those fixed mindset people you know how you move them forward and it's lovely to experience those aha moments but broader than that how how do you find you know specifically at Kanos how you get people engaged in coaching I think specifically at Kanos, you know, we've got the the e-learning coaching um, courses that you guys provide us. And that is a great educational piece, particularly some of the, you know, initial modules in terms of what what is coaching, you know, what does the grow model look like and providing that that understanding. Um, But it's not just a case of launching something like that. There's an element of being an advocate, you know, and enthusing people with the why as well yeah. as the how yeah. and, and that's a blended approach with providing them the learning um that we've we've got that we use from coaching culture but also you know giving people a better understanding through you know sharing lessons learned sharing success stories in terms of coaching relationships but also i guess allowing people to have a go so one of the things that we launched as i mentioned we've got a virtual coaching to help make a difference um virtual program you know it allows that element of role play you know in a safe environment you know 
by introducing you know a less formal approach to really take the pressure off and enable coaching to happen naturally and and really supporting our people to to grow their coaching skills you know get them more engaged in having more coaching conversations whether it be in a formal or in in informal environment but also then providing ongoing support you know giving them the opportunity to you know receive you know more development you know look at you know additional career changes you know moves to a new role to be able to you know engage people as to why they would want to engage in more coaching relationships because they actually get you know to go where they want to go in terms of their career or their own aspirations yeah yeah lovely and in terms of I mean that there's something so special about coaching there's definitely a, a rise in the need for coaching and for me it's about not just us today in employment it's about future generations it's our children it's our children's children it's actually about really fundamentally laying the foundations today for tomorrow and changing the way um, organizations think and therefore how they behave and perform what do you, what do you think the future holds for coaching because there's something very special happening at the moment no I think that that's a, a, a great question I think for me it comes back to coaching is always going to be that great alternative to that formal learning you know the educational yes. piece you know the secret for me is about moving with the times yeah. but also getting creative with it as well yeah. you know keeping coaching alive you know using it as that alternative method you know to make a difference yeah. you know to support people with their goals their aspirations you know their development needs and I think that that's the key in terms of you know coaching in the future I totally agree there's so much there isn't there in um, moving with the times and well that leads me on to technology talking to somebody who's very much focused on digital transformation and we talk about coaching what does that mean then for either today or the future for employees you know how can coaching move with the times there I guess I guess for me it's it's like it's using a blended learning approach yeah. so for me you know it's a use of technology whether that be some digital learning yeah. to you know to support from a coaching perspective but even from being a coachee understanding exactly what coaching is I think you know coaching doesn't always need to be face to face and we've definitely proven that over the last 12 months that you know coaching can happen you know virtually you know on the telephone it can happen you know team coaching within projects you know it can be done in a variety of ways so I think there's there's utilizing that blended approach and taking advantage of those digital tools to support you know transformation I guess in terms of how we see coaching as a business or as an individual yeah it's interesting because I remember when Adam first talked to me about coaching uh, Adam uh, being my business partner here at Coaching Culture and I was just going, you know, it is the thing. It's the thing that drives sustainable change. And I was all excited on the back of my coaching qualification and how life-changing the conversations had been, all that kind of thing. And and he just looked at me. I said, but, you know, when we just have a human one-on-one conversation, I said that, you know, I feel like I'm sprinkling fairy dust, actually. How do we get this out to the world? How do we get it out to the masses? And he just asked me a question, something that I would never have thought of, definitely an aha moment. And he just said, well, can it be done digitally? And he didn't mean virtually, he meant digitally. And that was that conversation was created, you know, our mindset self-coaching tool, because I suddenly, rather than jumping, going, no, no, not at all. I just went, actually, yeah, 
it needs to be. And not being somebody who's not overly, you know, Mrs. Super Digital, I knew that there, were, there had to be something that was that enabled coaching to get out to to the masses, you know, and and really spread that great word. So I think you're you're right, a blended approach. Um, you know, this last year has definitely proven the need for that is so, so important. And I think, you know, a lot of organisations are genuinely like yourselves, who are yep. real huge advocates, um, are definitely waking up to that, which is fabulous. I think that's why it works for us, because yeah. we have to consider our global footprint. I yeah. mean, we're in 13 countries now and and that's growing, you know, different time zones. You know, uh, our people, you know, we've got home workers. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, sp- sporadic staff. You know, so it, it's about creating that on-demand learning um so i think that's one of the the great things about about having digital tools is it creates that on-demand you know we're not you know waiting to attend a course or sit down and speak to somebody face to face we're actually providing them with you know and even in its digital sense you know it's blended there's videos in there there's stuff to read there's activities so it's really creating that that blended digital experience as well super Absolutely. And if there was kind of any advice you'd love to share with other organisations, because I know you're certainly uh, well on your way to building your own coaching culture, what would that advice be if there was just one piece of advice? I think for me, it's really involving the senior leaders, you know, from and creating that real top down approach and really getting that buy in. Uh, because if you can really get that buy in with the senior leaders, you know, executives, then the rest, you know, really do tend to follow, you know, and, and allowing the senior leaders to get involved, you know, by coaching people within the organisation, you know, getting them to be an advocate, you know, look at, you know, coaching champions and really give people the opportunity to hold, you know, coaching sessions but why also receiving it because you actually get to see it from from both sides and sometimes that can really you know support and develop your skills once you're able to to have that 360 view yeah absolutely you know and we've we we endorse that all the time about that that buy-in and that the champions and just filtering it through the organization where it becomes the very fabric of yep day in day out conversations but I always you know say to people please don't think about overcoaching there's nothing worse than being overcoached but actually just about making that natural flow of a lovely conversation which you know we all have every single day actually how can we just dial up that quality that effectiveness that build that trust so many powerful benefits of having a, a, a conversation you know a coaching conversation definitely I find it really really powerful as well um just to say that you know really aligning it to you know the organization strategic ambitions you know or direction or their strategy whatever it is that you know that, that they're working on consider you know how the business is structured you know who's best place to support and and build the coaching but often it's sort of over complicated you know rather than considering utilizing you know existing relationships like touch points people yeah. managers project managers they tend to think it needs to be you know we need a sep- we all need a separate coach or we need a separate mentor yeah. but actually it's utilizing those existing touch points so that means equipping our staff our yeah. people you know to have those skills um, as people managers project managers or as individuals and that's key really to an organization you know who wants to develop that coaching culture yeah yeah for sure being part of the organizational strategy 
Um, it's really, again, interesting. Four years ago, we people saying to us, oh, you know, we know it's important, but it's not yet for us. Now it's on a lot more organisational strategy. The word coaching specifically yeah. is there and it's just happening more and more and more. So the, the, the coaching revolution has definitely begun, uh, Emma, and, you know, people like yourselves are definitely part of that and leading the way, which is fabulous. Okay, moving away from uh, Emma, the professional at Kanos, I'm going to talk about Emma, the private individual, with a, a random question here. A couple of questions for you, a bit more fun questions that hopefully you, you can think through. Going back to when you were 20, what would the advice be to your 20-year-old self now you know what you know? My advice would be um, don't be a bull in a china shop. Oh, I am a strong D. I am a formidable woman when I want to be. And I think there's, for me, if I could have had a word with myself back then, it would be to, you know, tailor your messages and adapt. And I think that's definitely a skill. It's a life lesson, I think, that we all learn. It's not something that we are born with once we step into the corporate world but that would definitely be a a piece of information I would have loved to have had back then oh absolutely and if you could do any job in the world what would it be I genuinely I think would work somewhere within the talent and learning sector just purely because it aligns to my own personal values it aligns to you know my own sort of strengths and my own passions so you're achieving that one then, which is fabulous because you're making that big difference at Kanos and it feels that Kanos is on, is on a, a very exciting trajectory. And with you leading the talent and development agenda and strategy, you know, can only be a great thing for the organisation because I know how passionate you are to building a coaching culture and to really make a difference to your, you know, the whole organisation and the employees within it. So you're definitely already doing that any job in the world question, which is which is a great place to be from a, a passion and a values perspective. No, definitely. So thank you for today, Emma. Is there anything else you'd love to share with our listeners today on the podcast? Because you've, you've covered so many topics in, you know, in just a, a brief time, you know, from all the things, whether it's about, you know, the being important for the strategy, getting senior leaders involved, the difference that coaching can make, whether it's in the moment or whether it's a long series of conversations and actually how, you know, it's about that return on engagement because engagement obviously drives the you know, different metrics. Is there anything else you want to share with people today while they're listening to you? Um, Joe, I think we've we've covered quite a lot. Um, <laughs> just summarising that back, you know, you've definitely asked some, some fantastic questions. So I don't think there's anything else that, that I'd like to add today. I think there's one of the things you said today that I, I really, really value, which is, you know, coaching being the sustainable way to growth. I think if I could just put that in big inverted commas there, quote unquote, Emma Legit from Kanos, I think that's wonderful because you're absolutely right. It really is. And who doesn't want a sustainable way to growth? So thank you, Emma, so much for your time today. Really, really appreciated it. Brilliant. Thanks, Joe. So if you would like to listen to any more of our Coaching Culture podcast, please do tune in because as you do know, coaching matters now more than ever. Thank you. Mm-hmm.